Welcome to another episode of the Love Boat of Vikings podcast. A Vikings offseason already, but there's still games to talk about and plenty of Vikings topics to hit on. I'm Matt Johnson. With me is Preet, Tyler, Carter, the usual cast. And boys, we're going to talk about some fun stuff now that we're in the Vikings offseason. And we'll check in on the current status of the playoffs and wrap up with our usual Super Gremlin of the Week. But the hot topic right now is the defensive coordinator position recently opened with the firing of Ed Donatel. So that leaves an opening, a very important one for this team next year. And there are three big names they've interviewed so far, at least that are in the works. Uh, one is Ryan Nielsen, the the Saints co-defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, the Seahawks defensive coordinator and associate head coach. And then Brian Flores, who's a hot name right now, too, is the Steelers defensive coordinator and former head coach. Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. I want to know more about Brian Flores. This seems like a really reasonable signing, and he seems like he can have a really big impact on our team and its current state of the defense. So Brian Flores, he runs a lot of uh, cover one, cover zero. He's linebackers coach at heart. He likes to blitz a lot. I believe when he was with the Dolphins, he had like some of the highest. uh, 38 to 40% every year. Yeah, like really high blitz rates. Um, Brian Flores brings a ton of culture to the Vikings. If you something get... that they've talked about with him is he's kind of an. Would you say like Mike Zimmer? He's a little aggressive, but maybe this very team much Zimmer esque. He is like he's a Bill Belichick guy. Zimmer. Yeah, he's he's an authoritarian. He's someone who you know he's going to say it like it is. That's um, something this team could use though, especially on defense. I think because we have this. I think you said it, Tyler. Happy-go-lucky head coach. I think that's what you said word for word on Twitter, and that kind of rang true for me in my head. Some, you know, some uh, something else on defense, I think, would really get the job done. So maybe that's a good thing on coordinator level, maybe not head coach so much these days. Yeah, um, I I almost think Flores just he he compliments uh, Kevin O'Connell so well, right? You know, talk about happy-go-lucky Kevin O'Connell, Mister Positive Reinforcement, but sometimes. You don't need positive reinforcement. What you need is a little kick in the butt. And Flores is someone who can bring that, right? When when you just need guys to be held accountable. And I honestly think when we lost Zimmer, we lost a little bit of that uh, sort of identity that we previously had in defense. So bringing in someone who everywhere he goes just makes their defense better would be huge. And Flores was a decent head coach, at least to the extent that his team was actively tanking and he was essentially fired for not giving into the tank, right? That was right. Part yeah, of it. basically. It it was basically he he got let go from Miami because well, the reason there's a they lot, hired there's him, a lot to it. The reason they hired him is because they needed someone to hold guys accountable after Gase, because Gase just left, you know, disaster in his wake. So they bring in Flores, and he does just that. He fixes the defense. But they have a young quarterback in Tua who Flores is not the greatest communicator. Like, if you're doing something wrong, he's going to kind of chew you out for it. And some guys, especially younger players, don't respond to that very well. Right. So the Dolphins wanted a young offensive-minded coach who would mesh better with Tua. So, like, they can Flores. But that's not to say he's a bad coach. He just was no longer the best fit for the Miami Dolphins. 
I think he'd be a great fit in Minnesota because of Definitely. that. Definitely. I disagree on just one thing is the fact that he likes to blitz a lot. I don't think we have the cornerbacks or the back end protection to help him get to all those blitzing. Cause I mean, it, think about it in, in Miami, he had the luxury of a prime Xavier Howard. Well, and even he, if it's just spent, a little bit less, it still doesn't change the nature of the scheme. You know, even no, if it just goes it, down 10%, it's still the general same outline. No, I think it, you might still get similar results, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, my whole thing is I don't think our cornerback, our cornerback room with Patrick Peterson leaving, I don't think he's coming back. Well, we also it's have really an developmental pieces there, and I think this team, you know, they said they were going to do a competitive rebuild, and that failed, essentially. I don't think it's a success unless you, you know, win a Super Bowl. But I think this team does need to take a step back and do a little a little actual blow up here with the aging defense pieces and, you know, a solid foundation on offense, but not the tools to really make a run, in my opinion. So maybe it's good to get a guy in now and then build that foundation on defense at the same time, because we do have de- developmental pieces at corner and then hopefully scene should fill that role of Harrison Smith now that he's aging out and possibly going to move on this offseason, right? Yeah, I mean, they're developmental pieces, but you're not going to... If you want to win games, you can't leave those guys on islands. That's what Flores does a lot. He's, he, he well, we don't know. Islands. Maybe you can in two years you, with Shelly. I, I feel like, yeah. Dantzler, with... Well, Shelly's a free agent, so we don't know if he's even coming back. You'd hope they get him back. There's, I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to bring him back. What about I mean, a Caleb Evans? I mean, there's a lot well of young enough. guys is what I'm telling you, Preet. Yeah, but it, like like I said, th- these guys have made made it very certain they want to compete next year. That's what Quasi said. You're not gonna, and they post something today on Instagram. Well, then, then they get a like free the agent cornerback if it, that's at the top of their list. I mean, if they want to compete, they'll figure it out. Yeah, but I'm just I, saying the cover zero might not, and bringing all out pressure with what we currently have might not be the best solution to all that. I yeah. agree, you need to bring more pressure, but it's just not right now. The team's not built for that. I completely agree up front. But the thing is, I feel like there's kind of just a loss in translation there where I feel like Flores may be a little bit more adaptable than Ed Donatel was. Because, you know, you can bring up all the quote logs of us on the old podcast. Ed Donatel didn't really have the personnel to fit the scheme he wanted to run, but he still ran that scheme and was forcing forcing circles into square holes, per yeah. se, yeah. you know, no, or vice that's versa. My concern. But I feel like Flores might be a little bit better at making the pieces work with his defense while still keeping the scheme the same. You know, yeah, I no, feel that's... like Flores would work a little bit better. And I understand exactly what you're saying, but I feel like it might be a slight overreaction just to what you saw on Miami, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's just my concern is, you know, let's say the Flores experiment, we hire him, it doesn't work out. What are you going to do? Are you going to fire him after year one again? And we just start back from square one? Well, if in an ideal world, I think they stick with Donatel. If he had a decent, at least competent year, and then you keep building into that scheme. Obviously, it didn't work out, and they shouldn't do that. But they're going to run a 3-4. I think that's inevitable. We were kind of talking about it before the show. So they got to get someone that fits that role and has a new school, you know, 3-4 ideals. We definitely need to blitz more. It's true, Flores maybe blitzes too much. I don't know the numbers, but we'll see. I have the numbers. So pre- <laughs> <Perfect>. transition. <laughs> Let's go. So, I, that was completely was talking about how... Uh, he worries that Flores is just going to blitz too much, which I get it. You know, he's known as a pretty blitz happy defensive coordinator and coach, but in his first year with the dolphins where they had one of the worst defenses in the league, just trying to transition out of that gase style of play, the dolphins blitz rate was only, uh, let's see. 
31.6%. So that's about, you know, top it's about 10, 13% like higher. Slightly, slightly above average compared to other teams. For comparison, that year, the Baltimore Ravens, they blitzed the most on 54.9%. I believe Wink Martindale was the yeah, it was coordinator Wink. back then. Or yes. it, it was someone. And then it goes down to like the high 40s. He was in the low 30s. So even though the Dolph or the Dolphins didn't have the personnel to just blitz all the time, and he knew that, so he was blitzing less. Now, um, the couple of years afterwards where the Dolphins' defense had the personnel to blitz, they blitzed a lot. But point is, is Flores isn't just going to come in here and be like, okay, we're going to blitz all the time and just hope that works. He's a little bit smarter than that. Do you think he solves a lot of the problems we have right now, Tyler? Yeah, I, I think he'll bring an identity to this defense. All right. Well, we should talk about the other two big names that are in the running. It's still early. We don't know what they're going to do for sure. I would like to think this front office hires someone early enough where they get a whole lot of extra time to uh, really sink in and evaluate what we have at defense now, you know, before draft, before free agency and all that. So we'll see. Maybe I hope it's sooner than later. But there's also pre you talked about him before we started the show, Sean Desai. Do you have any quick analysis on him? Kind of what do you see from the Seahawks defensive coordinator? Yeah, so basically he was he's a Fangio disciple. He's worked in uh, colleges before. He's he's worked at both college and NFL levels. Eddie Jackson credits him for a lot of his development along with, you know, Fangio. Uh, but, you know, and even in Seattle this year, you could see with their two rookie cornerbacks, Tariq Woolen and uh, Kobe Bryant, they did a lot of work. He did a lot of work with them and got them to a level where they were really competent. So, I think he would be a good hire just on the fact that you need to build your defensive uh, back room up from the start, kind of. So I think that's the guy you kind of go for. And then do you guys have a lot to touch on with Ryan Nielsen? I don't know a lot about him. I don't know why you're going after the Saints co-defensive coordinator unless he just fits what you're going after well and he's relatively young is kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. Carter, you have anything? You're NFC South. I'll be completely real with you. I've never heard this name's man. <laughs> was the Saints defense good? Oh my gosh! Uh, it was all right when they were average. Like, I mean, yeah, Marshawn Lattimore and stuff. Marshawn Lattimore is out most of the year. Also, I, I apologize for my stutter right there. That was embarrassing on my part. You're good as a professional no, podcaster. No. Be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I literally know nothing. I've literally place. never heard this name before. Before I saw it on our doc. So I mean. Yeah, he was with NC State for a while, then he went to New Orleans, okay. and he's been there since 2017. Uh, I mean, Dennis so Allen is a good defensive coach, right? So yeah, he's probably like he's branching off that tree. Yeah, he's a defensive lines coach. So I think who does Dennis Allen some... come from? Does he have a... Sean Payton? Yeah, he's just a defensive sided Sean. I don't know. I actually don't know specifically where his coaching tree fell, but he's just so heavily associated with Sean Payton at this point that I feel like right. nonetheless it's going to be a Sean Payton right. thing. You know, that's not a bad thing necessarily. Yeah, he's been kind of. I mean, he had a couple stints in uh, you know places like Denver and Oakland, but he was with New Orleans for a lot of time for most of his time. All right. We'll move on and leave it at that and see if the if the Vikings make some moves on a defensive coordinator in the coming weeks. Hopefully they do. Uh, the other thing that's been talked about highly in Vikings, you know, Twitter and discourse, for example, right now would just be Trey Lance. Obviously, there's connections in Minnesota because he's from here. But, you know, holding that aside, the Vikings are in a spot to start looking for a young quarterback, whether he's a replacement 
or someone you just want to sit behind Kirk for a couple of years. The reality is Kirk's contract is one more year. Um, in my opinion, I hope they don't extend that because it is a significant part of the salary cap in Minnesota is Kirk Cousins contract because it's fully guaranteed. So, you know, I think it's time to start moving on. I don't think there's a really good argument to extend Kirk unless you guys have something to add on that, but Nope, please. God, I don't want to discuss whether only if it's a two year, only if it's a two year extension where he waves his no trade clause, you know, the flexibility. I don't think Kirk cousins is going to do that. Yeah. That's the ideal scenario for fans in the front office. (laughs) No, but I don't want to talk whether or not Trey Lance is available because that's been a big part of it. You know, the 49ers front office coming out saying, I don't know if it's necessarily front office, but there's been rumors that they're going with Purdy going forward. I think it's too early to tell. It's a bit of a smoke screen, but you know, we'll see how he does in the playoffs. He's already been incredibly impressive. Trey Lance could be on the block. I want to know, how much does he cost? Is he something the Vikings go for? What is this bidding war going to look like? So, Preet, what do you think is the cost for a Trey Lance this offseason? So, I saw on um, Sports Illustrated, someone from San Francisco, the Bay Area, said it would be like, a th- they think it would be a third-round pick. That's so insane I, to me. I don't know. I think it, I think the minimum they should ask for is a second. But I think they can get a first. Can, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not you sure mean, they can get a first at this point. My argument for that is it's just the inexperience. He's only started in like 26 games, or if you count college in the NFL, he started like I think it's like 26 games. It's he he's shown that he can be, you know, I, I mean, he can run a pl- uh, NFL offense. Right? He, he played one game this year and then he got injured the next, and that game was a loss to the Bears. But isn't that better than taking a flyer on a rookie on a quarterback that still has rookie contract? No, I mean, if you if you if there's a rookie you like, I think you'd rather have them on a. What about a team like the Vikings deal. that have a really late first round pick? I mean, in that case, then yeah. I mean, if you gave me the option of Anthony Richardson or Trey Lance, and you said take a fly on one of these two, I take Richardson just for contract length. Oh, <gasps> for contract length, yeah. Trey Lance only has three years left in his deal, but only three years, five. but but Trey Lance has put up NFL tape. That's for what I'm saying. That he can for, be somewhat competent. For one, for one game, which was a loss to the Bears. Where but he did but Anthony that. Richardson is the definition of like that intangible prospect. Dude, yeah, that's what I feel. I feel like Trey Lance better. is the exact same You're guy. You're going for Anthony oh. Richardson's done it at D1. No. Trey Pre- Lance did it at D2. No, no, no. no, no. Pre- I, I, I agree with you to an extent, but the difference is the fact that Trey Lance has gotten onto an NFL field and started – and scored touchdowns and just not looked like a complete bona fide idiot out there has shown to me a lot. Cause he I love Anthony Richardson in the, sta- in the sense of just, you know, being a quarterback prospect. I wish he would stay at Florida another year and just work. Wait, out like, he, he, looked- he hasn't even, I don't, he, I mean, he started like really one game this year. Where he threw a pick. He didn't throw a single touchdown this year. But before he I, I, it's like, I, I okay. You're saying, Can I just I don't know something really it's more bad. of a gamble. They it's looked so really bad in 2021 when he started. Like, let me let me offer. I don't something. think it is. Would you rather have Trey Lance or Zach Wilson? Right now, Trey Lance is a, yeah. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. So, because we know Zach Wilson's garbage, we don't. Zach know Wilson's a first round pick too. So, okay, you could That's get a, a home run with a first round pick. You could end up with a Zach Wilson that you don't know about for two years, and then end up with this. And then he's gone. It's just so random. I guess you're right. I mean, the worst case scenario, Trey Lance is your tank commander for a year. And so that's kind of my thought process is like you could end up with a Zach Wilson or you could end up with a Trey Lance. That's like, 
You still kind of don't know, but at least he can be a starter, or at least you think he can, and he stepped on an NFL field. Are we seriously comparing Anthony Richardson to Trey Lance? Like, they're the same player? Because... I mean, they're both... They're... Trey Lance well, you want to talk about availability. The Vikings are getting him, are they? Supposedly, Trey Lance is available. The Vikings aren't going to draft a rookie. No, no, no. Unless they really love someone, which I think well, the only guy they'd really potentially love... How much would they have to give up to move up? You can probably nab a few quarterbacks, honestly, at that point so. in the draft. I think this is going to be a similar year to kind of to where you saw year. Malik Willis slide into the third because people are giving all these guys hype. Yeah. It's always the top five quarterbacks on draft boards. And it makes everybody think those quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. Like, I mean, I we don't saw think... Kellen Mond go to the third round. And yeah, that, that, that okay, out. that should have never happened. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was the a bad pick. I, mean, I know. The Kyle I... Trask pick kind of just led out all that to happen. People, teams panicked. Well, who was I'd, the guy that the Panthers had, for example? He was a second. Matt Corral. No, Matt, not him. Matt Corral. No, are you talking about Will Owl? Greer? Yeah, Greer. They like late loved fourth. him. Late fourth or late Panthers third. fans. I think loved he was a late. I want to say he was a late. It's because he's from. I Charlotte. thought he was a third round. Pick. Yeah, it's because he's from Charlotte. That's when he's they from him. Charlotte, and people always like freak out when. But like talking Charlotte. about third, like Willis. I was sucks, never dude. that high Willis on him. Was terrible. Sorry, Malik Willis was terrible this year. Yeah. No, I, I, I. So like, that's you're saying nab a quarterback late that he ended up being. No, no, he's saying he's saying there's a chance that they're going to be available later than you think. Like, yeah, available later than you like think. Anthony Richardson is probably the best example of it because he looked bad at Florida at times, and then just show these random Cam Newton Auburn esque Johnny Manziel esque plays that you just be like, whoa, this guy has it. I wish he would stay another year and actually like fine tune it because he has he has like i don't want to say it's intangibles because i think will levis is more of an intangible guy and i apologize if i used that word earlier but i want to say he has more of the assets and the tools to be a good quarterback yeah he's, he's a tool guy. wild he is the wild west of fundamentals and just rah just doing dumb things on the field like, he's what patrick mahomes was when patrick mahomes was coming out it was wild fundamental uh, he's a better runner i definitely say like I'm well, not comparing them, but the, the, it's kind of similar. People thought, his, you know, his fundamental, uh, a similar wild. situation, but scaled up by a ton. Yeah, there's a, a lot ton. more. There's a lot more you have to harness. So yes. Preet laughed at me for saying this, but I compared Trey Lance to the Vikings as Mahomes behind Alex Smith. Obviously, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be Mahomes, and there's some differences. But it's isn't like Mahomes Kirk Cousins... sat two years already, though, because he sat two years already. So you're going to want him to sit another year. Three years, he only has two years left on his rookie deal. That's fair, but the... Mahomes is making a playoff run with an extension, so he's kind of breaking the rookie quarterback contract. Trend. No, I mean, no, no, the trend is Super Bowl. There have been quarterbacks who made uh, runs on their extension. Okay, what so if he wins a Super Bowl this year? It's the same thing. That's still, a, I mean, they're not favorites against the Bengals right now. I but mean, my point cool. is, is Kirk Cousins is basically peak Alex Smith, right? Like, he's yeah. that level of quarterback play. Peak Alex Smith was good. For you know a year. I mean, I'd argue Peak Alex Smith is a little bit better because at least he made it to. Well, maybe, but then you get this guy to sit, a guy with potential, sitting behind a good teacher, a competent quarterback, somebody who follows all the quarterback rules. I think a good role model at the quarterback position, and then he turns out to you know take that and turn into a quality starter himself at the bare minimum. I think that's a really good situation for Trey Lance. Trey Lance didn't throw like a single interception in one of his years in college. And yeah, he's playing, him... he's playing at NDSU. You know who NDSU plays against SDSU. That's their biggest game of the year. Do you know one player to come out of SDSU? That's not named Dallas Goddard. 
or one defensive back. He's not exactly no, playing look, against world-class talent here. Look, I, I watch a ton of Florida football, Florida man, and I can tell you right now that in terms of just accuracy, Lance is miles ahead of Anthony Richardson. So I agree. I, I, mean, I disagree I'm, there. I Like, there's a reason the Niners took him, what, third overall? Like, yeah, he, he's not just a running quarterback. He's... He's a bit more. Uh, the only thing I don't like is his hairline, bro. I do. I'm gonna kind of butt in and defend me and Preet, even though I'm like kind of agreeing with both sides to an extent here. I feel like we're looking at it from more so a draft standpoint. I'm also looking at it from a contract a standpoint too. I understand that, but I think me and Preet are looking at it from a slightly different lens than I think you two are, because we kind of focus in a lot on the draft. But at the same time, man, I, I'd, you know, back to the initial argument, I'd still rather have Trey Lance than Anthony Richardson. Well, the other big issue. I mean, I, I think Ant- Trey Lance is a better player right now, right? But like looking at their contract situations, if you want to bring him in and sit him a year behind Kirk, he's going to have the fourth year and you're not allowed to pick up the fifth. You, I don't think you can pick up the fifth year option until after the fourth year is over. Or no, no, until after that. You, you have to pick it up after the third. What year if is they over. extend him on you a to, steel con steal of a contract? I mean, he'd rather. Just, I think he'd just rather bet to pick up the fifth year con, the fifth year option, now, or just play I, the fourth year. I will game. inject here and say that Anth- everything Kirk does well is what Anthony Richardson does horribly. That's exactly why. I wa- <laughs> that's exactly what I'd want him. That's a perfect person to teach him. No, I get it. I, I guess it it depends on the perspective if you're looking at it like you're getting a quarterback to be a quarterback now, or are we just assuming that this quarterback's going to sit behind Mr. No, Cousins for a like, year. I like I like Trey Lance. I, I, I'm a fan of him. I think at the moment he's better, right? But if you're gonna get him to sit him a year, there's no point. Okay, there's I understand no I understand the argument. That's what the I'm problem saying. is the is he's available and we have no other option, you know, to and it, it's not a huge price tag, all things considered, because Trey Lance most likely is going to perform better than most of your second and third round draft picks. Right. You know? Well yes. the, the, okay, here's yes. the other issue. The Vikings but, don't have a lot of draft picks right now. They only have a. They only have a third. They don't have a second. Hey, hey, the Panthers going to use that question. McCaffrey trade. Get Trey Lance and win the Super Bowl, baby. Get Trey to Carolina. Send him one of them seconds. <laughs> Send them one of their seconds back. <laughs> and now the lack of draft picks is a whole nother thing too. Because yeah, I, the Vikings. I don't think they're in a position to make a luxury pick a quarterback. Like I don't like, think it would be a luxury pick if you want to rebuild. Three rounds. I I need positions of need. I need. I don't think slot uh, corner. I need. What linebacker. if this team is rebuilding? If this team's re, you're not drafting a slot corner. Well, pre, round. you made the whole argument at the beginning that they're not rebuilding. I know, but if you want to rebuild, that's why I said Trey Lance would be great if you're looking to rebuild. If you're looking to just sit him a year, it makes no sense. They're not. Uh, well, what if you compete with Kirk Cousins next year, and then you have Trey Lance the year after? Say you don't extend Cousins, and you assume he'd be a competent quarterback at that point. You know, I mean, if then you're playing well. him, then you're playing him on a one-year deal where he's just pr- proving his worth. And then you win the Super Bowl, and nothing else matters. I don't I, know. I'm going to make like a meta podcast comment right now and just say I think it's so funny how much the roles have flipped the last few weeks of Preet and Tyler. Where most of the time, when Tyler says something egregious, we all start arguing against him. But lately, Preet's been saying things that we all argue against. That's because we've been kind of flipping. But mostly, you know, Tyler. In fairness, heart. that's that's true. Per- Tyler, in fairness, most of the time when you said something we we disagree with lately, we're just like, Tyler, shut up. We're not talking about this. We don't even entertain it anymore. <laughs> well, okay. They've about had it with me on this yeah, pod. but it's all right. It makes good contact, uh, content, I think. All right. Well, we've talked about Trey Lance enough, I think. 
just to keep the episode short, we'll take we'll keep them digestible in the off season and really dive in on one or two topics. I think should we check in on the playoffs? I mean, let's just state what it is. It's 49ers versus Eagles, Bengals versus Chiefs. Do you have any hot takes, anyone? I mean, we saw the Giants get this blown out. This is the Bengals. Uh, this is my only hot take is right now the quarterbacks you see, the 49ers have a guy who's a seventh-round pick on a rookie deal. The Eagles have a second-round pick on a rookie deal. The Bengals have their guy, uh, Joe Burrow, on a rookie deal. The Chiefs are the only team with a guy who's getting paid a similar amount of the cap space that Kirk Cousins is getting. So you think the Vikings should just pick a seventh-round quarterback? No, 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 no. Let me finish my <laughs> no. point. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. So here's the thing. Here's the thing is what I'm saying is, and this is what Dak showed us. You can't overpay. You can't pay these middle of the road guys and expect to compete unless your team is either loaded with young players like Dallas was, or you got to, or the other key is have a guy who's like really cheap. Like you either need a super team like Stafford and Brady had, or you need a quarterback who's like a, a, on a rookie deal. And you need to have the pieces around him be veterans and be good. Like the Eagles have, like the Niners have, and you know, to an extent what the Bengals have. Also, none of oh. them will ever pay a running back ever. Yes. Do not. I know, dude. I think they're paying Mixon already, but yeah. That's I mean, and they're not paying him right now. They're not, and, and technically McCaffrey, but tech, technically McCaffrey. Yes, technically. But, still but I feel really. like that has a big asterisk by it because yeah. that's our yeah. fault. Oh, don't forget Jalen Hurts. <laughs> He's a running back in my eyes. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he literally, a... you saw him when week two dissect our defense with his arm. I like... hope he steps on a Lego and it really hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is like the he, nicest guy in the world. He's trying to rile fuck? you up, Pre. He is trying he's like, to rile Jaylen you Hurts is like up. the nicest guy in the world. Like, I fucking Tyler, hate good job. He's not nice to, you accomplished not nice your to goal me. here. All right. Well, all I'm going to say is the road is with Kirk has never been more clear. It's you got to either get rid of him if you don't think the people. That's why are there, I hate these I little think. extensions, but I think we've exactly, exactly. I this. think I think the best thing, like me and uh, on Tyler Spaces, me and Joe Spinoza were talking about it. The oh, best thing for Kirk is you trade Kirk. The best thing for Kirk. Well, that's what Spinoza wants. He just wants what. Yeah, yeah. Kirk. The crazy thing is, we actually for the <laughs> it's most. It's the best part, thing for the Vikings too. I know, I know, no, I know. It's the best thing for the Vikings too. Is you're allowed to rebuild and get a quarterback on yeah, a young no, deal. That's great. And by the time, by the time your players, yeah, by the time your players are you know, coming to the point where you can contend with them, your quarterback will be on a second or third year of the deal. All right. Well, and Kirk will be in New York contending with that cheap to that. Like, nothing. could you imagine how much he would, how much shit he would get if he was in a big market like New York? Oh my God, dude. Oh, 1000%. But it'd be fun. That would be fun to watch. Um, but also I think he'd be a lot more successful in New York right now. Why? Better defense, young weapon. I mean, he's not gonna have a weapon as good as JJ. I mean, he had a good year, depth. all things considered. Not Reese Hall is Reese nah, Hall is gonna be Reese Hall is gonna be better than Dalvin Cook next year. I agree. He's you better. cannot make you can't make a comment on Brees Hall right now, given. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Let's not say the committee will be better than Dal- what Dalvin Cook was this year. Carter, let's do Super Gremlin of the week. Of course, Super Gremlin of the week is our segment of the week where we basically get to talk about nothing that matters to anything else we just said. Coined by himself, Antonio Brown, the original Super Gremlin. And my Super Gremlin of the week is none other than Eli Apple's mother. Eli Apple's mother. And for those who <laughs> don't know, you know... Well, Eli, Eli Apple's Apple, been going on a tirade himself on Twitter. Yes, of course, you know, I had to bait everybody by thinking that, you know, I would say... He was going with the Eli office. Apple. 
Yeah, you know, going with the obvious point of view, Eli Apple. But Eli Apple's mother has seemed to join, like, the NFL villain train that Eli <laughs> Apple has been on for the last few years. Is she a villain? Is she a villain in Mahomes' bandwagon, right? Is she a villain or is she more of an anti-hero? It's more of an guy. anti-hero, like, exactly. teaming up with the villain who, you know, they had, like, a shared origin story, you know? but um, <laughs> Yeah, literally, literally a shared origin story in this case. <laughs> You didn't need to re-explain my joke, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so nonetheless, um, Eli Apple's mom, Eli Apple's been a villain for the last year, and she kind of decided to get involved within her villainous tactics on Emmanuel Ocho. I apologize if I if I mispronounced that. Okay. She said to him after criticizing Eli Apple, you're a media guy. Eli is not. Eli is a current seven-year pro NFL player. <laughs> you are not. You are an NFL intern. Oh it's my busted. gosh. She's right. He had 33 tackles. Why should we remember him for his time in the NFL? An NFL intern is one of the funniest lines I have ever <laughs> Especially heard. Especially for like, a former that's better player. Than you know why? You know why it's player. incredible? An intern. He made the coffee for them. Like, you know why that's incredible too? Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles in his career than Emmanuel Acho. Probably less drops. <laughs> that's too. I like that. Like, one. I like that one. What was it? He had less drops than career tackles or something. Yeah, like that? but that's a fake stat. Is it actually? Yeah, I mean, it's real, but like some don't ruin Larry Fitzgerald for me. This is like believing in Santa at this point. Like he was just the nicest guy ever. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind we of sometimes I'm convinced Larry didn't exist. Like when he left the league, no it's one said anything. He just true. like kind of left. He was a no pipe dream. He was amazing his whole time. He left out with still being able to play. It was just perfect. He's a Minnesota it's, boy. You need the Super three. Bowl, but you know what's funny about this? It's really funny to see uh, Emmanuel Acho of all people get his comeuppance. You know, the guy who was sitting here calling Justin Herbert a, a social media quarterback, and he gets called an NFL intern. We're not focusing enough on the line NFL intern. That is the funniest thing that I have literally ever heard. That well, is one of the best 10 times better that it's being period. dished out to oh, yeah. a former NFL player. Pre, what's your super grandma? Nick Wright. Uh, you know, going also on the uh, Fox Sports or Fox, yeah, Fox Sports, uh, you know, family of media members. Nick Wright, we all know him for being a huge Chiefs fan and also having the greatest comeback ever in terms of going from bald to having this luscious lock, like these luscious locks. If you've seen them recently, look it up, look it up. It's greater than LeBron's hairline's comeback. But he just, he's a Chiefs fan and he was like really getting visibly annoyed at all like the Bills hype this year. So after they lost, he took this time to unload. And we all remember Peter Bukowski's famous saying of hang the banner after the Vikings beat the Packers in a regular season game, I think two years ago or last year, he literally made banners to unroll for the Buffalo Bills season. And the banners read 2022 Buffalo Bills preseason favorites, 2022 Buffalo Bills (laughs) briefly had the alleged QB one 2022 Buffalo Bills beat the Chiefs in October and 2022 Buffalo Bills back-to-back AFC semifinalists. <laughs> like, it's just incredible because, you know, Buffalo fans are really salty about this loss, as is their boy Stefan Diggs. But, you know. A lot of good pettiness so, this week. Oh, it's – this this week was great for – and I hope the Super Gremlins just keep giving and giving as we get closer. It, it really is a gr- – it's one of the top five weeks we've ever we had. had a lot top of options. Three weeks we had a lot of options this week. Uh, yeah. Tyler, who you got? I've got uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I didn't think in this playoff, uh, this year's playoffs, we would ever top fourth and eight check down. <laughs> Nor did I think the infamous Great Indianapolis Colts 
uh, play from a few years back that, that Pat McAfee trick play. eloquently yeah. said on Twitter. Yeah, I don't even think that would have gotten topped either. But here we are. Um, the Cowboys decided it would be a wonderful idea to put Ezekiel Elliott, who's 200 some odd pounds. Uh, Let's put him at center, right? A a player who's about 100 pounds shy of the positional uh, weight recommendation. Let's put him on at center for the final play. Most athletic center since Garrett Bradbury, mind you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, okay. Dude dude got obliterated. Let me raise you this. There's no better time to run a trick play than on fourth down in the last play of the game. Yeah, yeah. But even on a (laughs) three-man rush, you can't have your only protector be Ezekiel Elliott. I don't really understand the play design because I feel like they they could have ran something similar. Just with a hook and ladder with like turban. But can we talk about, not even just that, Dalton Schultz's two boneheaded mistakes previously where he doesn't run forward to get out of bounds and he doesn't drag his foot. So the Cowboys go from like potentially having like four plays to having two plays and from having two plays to having one of them be like a potential Hail Mary chance. Dalton to like Schultz is lucky things. that Zeke lined up at center else he would be the laughing stock of the NFL yet. I see no one talking about it. Oh, no, I'm blaming oh, yeah. Dalton Schultz more than anything else. No, at hundred percent. Like it was, you know, Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy's fault for whatever this is, play was drawn up. But at by Pre's logic, too, uh, Dak Prescott would have never uh, won the game because he's a highly paid, mediocre quarterback. Yeah, so. no, was never gonna, okay. no, no, no. I agree. <laughs> okay, we're not getting into that. Paid. You were trying to rile him up, and you know, Tyler, he's you respond. are gaslighting Preet hard today. <laughs> No, I know. I, I, I mean, he's still I mean, trying I, to go at it. I mean, I was. I'm right. You don't, I don't pay even middle of the road that. QB. You don't pay middle of the road QBs if you want to contend. Like, unless no, you have you a pay roster. Two hundred twenty pound centers. Yeah. 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 Garrett Bradbury, wide receiver, one season, baby. Let's Does go. Zeke have the, the highest center the contract? Podcast. Huh? Does Zeke have the high? Is Zeke the highest paid center? Maybe. <laughs> he might Wait. be. Oh, hey, he might be the highest paid player to take a snap. Uh, uh, Allison. Okay. Well, we'll wrap it up here. My submission is Josh McDaniel's wife, which super obscure, but it came out recently this week that uh, Josh McDaniels dipped out in the head coaching gig for the Colts years ago. Um, reportedly because Josh McDaniel's wife got a weird vibe from Jim Ayrsay. Now I'm not surprised by that, but one of the, anecdotes now this is technically a rumor one of the anecdotes the, from the wife said uh jim Irsay spent far too long in their bathroom for them to be comfortable taking a job from him what now what on earth does bathroom? this mean what does this mean how he was in their home and was in their bathroom too long and that constituted him to stand up and not it's take more the of job. the idea of what was he doing in the bathroom man. oh yeah jim Irsay. maybe he was just testing them maybe he was trying to be weird knowing jim Irsay, and then he was testing them and they failed. Also, by the way, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is not the most expensive expensive Dang. center. Jason Kelsey is a fourteen million dollar contract. Yeah, right Tyler now. did say that. He did say that. Zeke is only getting paid a meager, <laughs> a meager eleven million, which is about nine million more than what he's worth. <laughs> well, we like to have fun here, and that was an interesting super grumman of the week. We went on like three tirades there at the end, but stick with us. We'll. Always definitely have interesting experiences here at the end when we let loose. But once again, thanks so much for listening. We will continue this shorter format, although this episode went way too long. And uh, see y'all next week. Um, Can't me while I take a 45-minute Jim Ursay bathroom break. Great. Preet, do you want to say the thing? 
I was gonna say Cancun on three. One, two, three. Cancun. Cancun. Bye.